It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde, staff writer for the Lake City Reporter. Well, we, you know, we live in an instant gratification society, right? As you guys are all hitting Twitter up right now, right? It's not, we're not reading my quotes in tomorrow's paper, you know what I mean, anymore. It's, it's how fast can anything happen. And so sometimes that, that stuff happens. I, you know, I, I've never been an athletic director, had to make that decision. I think it's always tough. I, 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 I've never been a big fan of, you know, I mean, fin- I, I've always thought of finishing out seasons, you know? I mean, I, I always... Uh, I've never been on that side of it, but on the other side, even, you know, I mean, I'd, it, I would never take a, a, when I was coaching the team, I would never take a call till the regular season was over um, from anybody else because my focus was, you know, I mean, I think you deserve that, that team, everybody just, just deserves that year and you finish out the year and then you, you see where you're at and go directions from there. That was Florida coach Dan Mullen giving his thoughts on the firing of Willie Taggart at FSU. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we will discuss that coaching change in Tallahassee and how it affects the Florida football program. We'll be joined by Josh Newberg from Knowles 247 to discuss all the latest news surrounding the coaching search. And we'll bring you some comments from Florida defensive coordinator Todd Grantham, who met with reporters on Monday night and discussed Florida's third down woes and their loss to Georgia. But let's start this show talking about the turmoil in Tallahassee and how it could potentially impact the Florida football program. Obviously, with Willie Taggart being let go, this is a golden opportunity for Damon and his staff to really take advantage of it on the recruiting trail. Now, it's not like FSU has been killing it in that department with their recent struggles, But the fact that Florida is a top 10 team for the second year in a row while FSU is going through a coaching search and Miami just hired a new coach, this is Dan Mullen's opportunity to try to get a stranglehold on recruiting in the Sunshine State. He has the recruiting staff in place now to build those relationships and try to capitalize on these coaching changes. Now, when you look at FSU's commitment list, I don't think that there's a lot of guys that the Gators would necessarily want, but there is one player who just decommitted from FSU, running back Jalen Knighton. He is scheduled to visit Florida this weekend for the Vanderbilt game, and he's definitely a name to watch out for as someone who could make the switch from the Seminoles to the Gators. If he likes it in the swamp this weekend and he gets enough love from the coaching staff, but at the very least, the Florida coaches are now gonna be able to go out on the recruiting trail during the contact period and sell their program and all the success that they're having while FSU is just a dumpster fire and Miami is still trying to build back up its program and the Gators getting the win over the Hurricanes and their season opener is only going to help with that cause. And I know that there are some fans that are concerned with recruiting as far as how Florida stacks up with other elite college football teams. But this is a window for the UF coaching staff with Florida State and Miami being down to try to take control of the Sunshine State and keep all the top recruits in Florida away from their in-state rivals and away from some of the other out-of-state programs like Georgia, Clemson, and Alabama. 
A lot has been made about the talent gap that exists between Florida and Georgia. But at the end of the day, the only talent gap that matters is what happens on the field. And the fact that the Gators only lost by a touchdown to the Bulldogs show that they're not too far behind this team in terms of talent. And if they continue to load up on players in the Sunshine State who are now not going to FSU and not going to Miami, that's going to help the Gators get the type of roster and personnel that they need to get over the hump and win a championship. When we come back from this first break, we're going to get into our conversation with Josh Newberg about this FSU coaching search and how it could potentially impact Florida. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked on College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're now joined by Josh Newberg from Knowles 247. He has been all over this Willie Taggart store the past week, and actually even before that, he actually had the scoop on some others. Josh, welcome into the show. First of all, man, I hope you're doing well. hope you're catching your breath with all this news. Just kind of take us through the last week and, and everything that kind of led up to Willie Taggart's firing and ultimately what you felt like was the reasons why he wasn't able to get it done at FSU. Yeah, man, I'll give you the, the short timetable. Um, really shortly after the ULM game, the second game of the season, FSU dropped the first one to Boise State, was in a dogfight with ULM and won in overtime. And after the ULM game, we started getting word from higher-ups that they were actively – you know, I wouldn't say fundraising, but at least actively gauging who would be in their corner if they did have to make a change at the end of the season. So that started after the ULM game. And then after the Wake Forest loss, where they went on the road and lost 22-20, to 20, um, I had a report on Sunday, that Sunday, saying that an exit strategy for Willie Taggart was being, I don't want to say prepared, but it was being looked at. And again, it had to do with um, the, the administration kind of gauging what they had behind them in terms of money and booster power to make a move if they needed to. And uh, Willie Taggart beat Syracuse, kind of kept his head above water, but the pressure was building. And then the loss to Miami, you know, the, the, the pipes just burst. And the pressure had to be relieved somehow. And it was with Willie Taggart's job. Um, and since then, the rumor's been flying. We're in the middle of a coaching search. Absolutely. It's a craziness, and, and obviously you guys have been all, all over this. You put out an insider report on Knowles 247. Certainly the big out, name out there is Bob Stoop. We've also heard uh, Mark Stoops mention some other names. I, I put out a, a call on Twitter to Gator fans saying which head coach would they be worried about. Uh, mm-hmm. You heard names like Urban Meyer mentioned, uh, Mike Leach, uh, P.J. Fleck. Outside of Stoops, obviously, we can talk about him, but, but what are some of the candidates out there that in, intrigue you, and, and how do you think FSU needs to go about this coaching search? I think P.J. Slack is certainly one of them. Um, I wouldn't quite put Mike Leach in that category. I, I, I wouldn't call him a candidate. I'm sure he, his name is written on a piece of paper somewhere in the FSU administration's office, but I wouldn't call him a candidate. Um, I think a guy that kind of fits the mold, that kind of bridges the gap between experience and youth and up-and-coming and improving is maybe Dave Clawson at Wake Forest. Um, he, he's an up-and-comer in the sense the mainstream hasn't heard of him until he probably arrived at Wake Forest. 
um, coming from Bowling Green, but he's, he's about 50. Um, he's got years of coaching experience. Um, he's organized, disciplined. You know, he had all these things that you want to see when they're saying what they're saying negative about the current program. You want a coach to come in and kind of fix that. He might be a good fit. I also like Matt Campbell out at Iowa State, 39 yeah. years old, but he's been a head coach. This is his ninth season as a head coach. Um, he was at Toledo prior to Iowa State, and he's doing a good job out there. But, you know, there is no guy that I could point to, Zach, and be like, this is the guy FSU has to hire. No doubt. And, and obviously, you know, the, the Stoops are, are mentioned a lot. If Bob mm-hmm. Stoops becomes a, a realistic candidate and, and expresses interest in the job, obviously he's come out today and tried to shoot some of the reports down. But what would a hire of that magnitude do for the FSU program? And, and how do you think he would do with the Seminoles coming off of retirement and getting back into college coaching? Well, it'd be good from a timing perspective for sure because recruiting is so crucial, especially with early signing period. And he's probably the only candidate out there that's not coaching right now. So if you are looking at a Matt Campbell or Dave Clawson, I mean, these are all guys that are currently coaching a, a program right now that's probably going to a bowl game. And, you know, it, it would take a lot to to make that big of a distraction during the season. I think Stoops is the one guy that if they could reach an agreement and get him in place by next week, you know, he would start next week because he's got nothing else to do. Yep. So if they were to land him, how big would it be? Well, he checks a lot of the boxes that Florida State's looking for right now. He brings experience. He's built a program. Not only has he built a program, but he's sustained it at a high level for a long time. And he's kind of gone through a lot of the trials and tribulations that a head coach in a major program needs to go through. Some things that Willie Taggart may not have managed properly because he just hasn't been through it yet. And Stoops has seen almost everything, you know, during his time as a head coach. So I think there'd be some, there'd be an acclimation period. You'd hope he'd surround himself with some younger guys when it comes to recruiting. You know, he's been out of the game since what, 2011. And even back then, he really had Oklahoma rolling. They were recruiting on a national level. They were a destination school for a lot of recruits. Florida State is in a different dynamic right now than Oklahoma was, and even in a different dynamic than Florida State usually is. So I think there'd be a little acclimation period when it comes to recruiting. But as far as the coaching goes, I, you know, I think that, that is his strength. Final couple questions for you, Josh. Obviously, in this Florida-Florida State rivalry, the Seminoles had owned the Gators for five years in a row. We're beating them on the recruiting trail. And really quickly, the tide has turned with Dan Mullen and the Willie Taggart eras. Just what do you make of this rivalry, how it's kind of played out the last couple of years? And, I mean, is Florida in the position now to try to take advantage of this on the recruiting trail in your mind? They should be. They better be. This is their window, right? This kind of yeah. year's where Florida State was with Florida in maybe, say, 2010, like going into the must-champ era, you know, just the beginning of the trials and tribulations that UF was facing. And, and, and I'm not saying UF can't do this, but this was the key to Florida State winning a national championship. Miami and Florida were down. That's okay. It happens. But what Florida State did was they capitalized on it in recruiting in a major way. They didn't just go out and land good recruits. They went out and landed the number one players at their position in the state, in the southeast, and around the country because that was their, you know, their window of opportunity was there, and you've you got to make the most of it. So I think Dan Mullen's been recruiting well. 
I think with the season that he's put together, if they can just maintain it through the end, and I don't see why they can't, and come out of here with, with 10 wins or so, then I think he, you know, you got to turn it on. You got to start landing the elite of the elite. The good players aren't going to get you over. You know, we saw what happens with good players against Georgia. You load that squad up with a bunch of number one players at their position coming out of high school, and you can see where, you know, that's what Florida State did by landing Dalvin Cook and Timmy Jernigan and Eddie Goldman. You know, the list goes on. Jameis Winston. It recruiting matters, and when when you're when you got the momentum that Florida has right now, you got to take advantage of it. No doubt. Final question for you, Josh. Just want to get your opinion on, on what you feel like the state of the FSU program is now, just in terms of recruiting and how long it might take the new coach to come in and try to turn things around. Well, I've, I, and I said this when Willie Taggart took over. Uh, it's a quarterback-driven league, and your team's only going to go as far as your quarterback. So right now, Florida's quarterback room is bleak, to say the least. Um, we don't even know if James Black, you know, we don't know anybody's status next year had this. So that'll be key. Bring in a, and, and now with, with the transfer portal and stuff, you know, this is a lot easier to do than recruiting, developing, and, and starting a quarterback through your system. You can go out and find a replacement. So yeah, for sure. That'll be key. But the first thing you got to do is shore up that offensive line because FSU tried on Jalen Hurts. They tried on Justin Fields. They tried on these guys. But look, a top quarterback doesn't want to come and get their ass kicked. They want to come in and be the missing piece to a national championship. Florida State's pretty far from that. So I don't think it's a one-year turnaround. I don't know if it's a two-year turnaround. But I think with this day and age of college football and the transfer portal, I think anything's possible if you do it the right way in, in three years. No doubt. Well, Josh, really appreciate the time and perspective. Wish you the best of luck trying to cover this coaching search. I know all the Florida fans and games are keeping a close eye on things going on in Tallahassee. I think they're worried about – Bob Stoops potentially, but I think one name that they don't have to worry about is Urban Meyer. <laughs> yes, I think that's safe to say. Well, I appreciate it, man. Uh, always good catching up with you. All right. Thanks, Zach. See ya. Appreciate Josh for joining us on the show today. When we come back from this last break, we'll bring you some comments from Florida defensive coordinator Todd Grantham, who discussed the Gators' loss to Georgia on Saturday. You're listening to Locked On Gators, your team every day. Florida fans, if you're making your way to Gainesville this fall for UF home games or you're just a sports junkie like me, then I've got the perfect place for you. The Mealy Pop Shop, located off I-75 on 39th Avenue, is your one-stop shop for sports cards, memorabilia, autographs, gaming, and collectibles. I've been able to load up on my Michael Jordan cards since the shop opened last year. They have college and NFL games on in the store every weekend and a bunch of cool events, sometimes featuring former Gator players like Percy Harvin. Their NFL weekly pick'em is free and fun with weekly prizes and a season-long prize so check out the mealy pop shop at 3700 northwest 91st street gainesville florida or call at 352-204-5573 welcome back into the show uf defensive coordinator todd grantham met with reporters on monday night to face the music and field questions about the third down issues that his defense had against the georgia bulldogs and he said that it basically comes down to a lack of execution. He tried to mix up his calls and coverages on third downs. But at the end of the day, the Gators have to go out there and execute their assignments and finish plays. He had a film review with all the defenders to look at some of the mistakes that they made in the game and some of the opportunities that they let get away from them to highlight that the plays were there for them to make in that game. They just have to find a way to get it done. Obviously, you know, because we were playing so well on first down, um, and in the run in the run game, 
it does become frustrating. But then, then the day you start looking up at the score and you see them where you're, you know, one possession behind or hey, get the ball back, that kind of deal. So it, it's always about the next play. So you kind of don't. I never really worry about the last play until we're on the sidelines. It's like the next play, next call. How do we get them stopped? You know, just like when a guy goes down from an injury standpoint. You know, I feel for the guy because I love the guys, but it's about the next. You got to get the next guy ready. And uh, to me, it's about the next moment. Just like, like I told the guys today, from a competitive standpoint, you got to really be wanting to play Vanderbilt today because you get an opportunity to go out and, and play. And um, guys work really hard. They like to be successful. So we got an opportunity Saturday to showcase our talents and get back to the way we play. Are you surprised by the number of busts, especially in the secondary? You guys are pretty experienced back there. Yeah, I think that um, the lack of um, communication or you know, final finishing of the play is something that we've obviously got to do better and we've addressed it and we'll make sure that happens next time. We need to be more physical in all areas and um, not just, and I'm not talking, I think I thought our run defense, we were really physical. I mean, that's a good runner. That's a good offensive line. Um, they really couldn't run the ball. And like I said, I think it was their lowest total in a regular season game since LSU last year. Um, but I mean, I think you got to challenge guys. You got to get on guys, and you got to play with. Um, you got to play with a little more physicality. Trey Dean has all the physical tools. Mm -hmm. Seems to be out of position here and there. I think you know when, when you look at Trey. Trey's a very um, competitive guy, a uh, very passionate guy. He's a guy that we were able to win, win ten games with last year as an outside player. This year, we're actually seven and two with him as an inside player. I mean, we've won seven games with him this year, so. Um, we'll continue to work and develop him and, um, you know, kind of get him in the right spot. Anything to jump out to you about Vanderbilt's rushing attack? You know, they, they, they did a good job against, um, like, LSU as far as getting some point of attack movements. Um, I think their line's pretty physical. I think their running back's really good. Uh, sometimes when you're not having the success as a team, a guy like that doesn't get noticed. But when you watch, he's, he's hard to tackle. He runs through guys. He's very similar to the guy at South Carolina. Um, you know, and we didn't uh, necessarily do a great job with him at times, so we've got to be aware of that. So um, he's a guy that I think you got to respect and understand that he can run through you, so we got to play. Preparing for two quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, they don't have an injury report, right? No, not yet. So when you play them, you have to just have an awareness to the running styles of each quarterback. Their offense really kind of stays the same, you know, but you have to have awareness of which guy can have really good athletic ability and has speed on the edge, as opposed to maybe another guy that doesn't. Now they can all obviously pull the ball uh, on the read zone stuff because they still run all the quarterback run plays. It's just some guys will be a little more dangerous than others. And then in the pass rush and things like that, um, some guys you have to account for a little bit more in the pass rush because they can take off and you know create double digit plays and things like that. So you just, I don't think you really change how you play them. It's just you have to have an awareness of who that guy is to um, to understand his athletic ability. That'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On today's show, we discussed how the FSU coaching change could impact the Florida football program. We were joined by Josh Newberg to get all the latest news in regards to the coaching search. And we brought you some comments from Florida defensive coordinator Todd Grantham. On tomorrow's show, we'll start to look ahead to this Florida Vanderbilt matchup. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. 
Download the Amazon Music app today.